Welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Ross. Hi, Mike. And Joey. Hi. And Tom. Hi, Mike. And we just finished the session at NACI, at the National Association for the Education of Young Children Conference in D.C. Was that a week ago? A little more than a week ago? Yeah. By the time this airs, yeah. And I thought we should just take the time to talk about kind of what our personal experience was, because during it, we're all kind of interacting with each other and then with the participants yeah we had a time where we each broke out with a smaller group and yeah you know got to hear the feedback but not necessarily we weren't in each of those groups right yeah so i'm wondering if anyone wants to start uh yeah i'll start i figured well one of the things i want to talk about is our own process Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to just toot our horn, but... Um, but beep, beep, man. We did a great job. We <laughs> Is that what our horn sounds like? Mine does. Wow. But when I think back about how it transpired, we thought we had a roadmap of where we were going. Right. And it was really fun to see how um, we could change in the middle. I remember there was a there was a point at which I think you two, uh, Joey and Mike, were talking. Well, we need to skip something. Let's do let's do you know let's forget about the cards. We were going to pass out cards for people right. to write down, yeah. and that and you realize that wasn't going to work, <laughs> and. I got the message, but you hadn't got the message. Yeah, yeah I know. I was. You were busy like <laughs> talking to someone way in back, and I just well, Ross will figure it out when we start. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I'm pretty flexible. I can roll with it. But it, it, right, it's just like we adapted in the moment, realizing this is what's going right. to work best, or this is what could be. Well, some of it was reading the needs of the well, trying to read the needs of the group of people who were in the room with us because we were sort of like oh. We didn't intend for it to be a lot of talking at the beginning, per se, right. but, it, but it kind of was a little bit, so we didn't... Then f- when people finally got a chance to participate, we didn't want to cut that off. So some of the right. changes that we made were, well, oh, we the group finally give, gets to be part of this now. We didn't yeah. even give people a break. Right, right. Actually, yeah. and it, we told them, you know, break if you need to, right. otherwise we're just going to keep answering questions. And I thought that was um, really kind of important because if you, if, you're, if you sometimes just stick to the script... You kind of you you're not reading the audience. There's not there's not the reciprocity that you need in in a nice three hour yeah. session. Like well, that. to to go to a topic that we talk a lot, which is you know we talk about trust. There was a this was a room of strangers, so we didn't entirely yeah. know. So I was like, well, yeah. it feels like this is the right thing to do right. to to change our plan and to 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 say, oh, just take a break as you need it or that kind of thing. But there was a moment of like, Ugh. yeah, you know. <laughs> like, and I think the other part think... of that though is that because so many people wanted to talk. And we had a group of at least 75 at a time, maybe more. Yeah. So we couldn't just let, you know, go back and forth. Oh, you have a question. You have a question. And that would have filled up the entire time. But we knew that the thing after the break was breaking up into these four groups. So, I mean, for me, that's what I was thinking. is like, oh, if we can just get into these smaller groups, then people can talk and talk a little more and feel heard and things. And we don't have to have, you know, everybody waiting their turn yeah. people were definitely waiting their turn a lot right at the beginning but that's where i think it to me i i'm seeing it paralleling how we treat or how we bring in free play for children mm-hmm. if it was a three-hour session where it was just us lecturing at them for three hours yeah a break at least once an hour probably mm-hmm. would have been necessarily like right, right. stand up move around but we knew we were going to have this participatory element so it kind of felt like had we taken the break, we would have just finally 
we, we were getting to the point where the, where the participants could right. finally jump in and we're going to say, great, go away. Right. right. Yeah. And then come you back. Interrupt your whole it's flow. Kinda, yeah, when you're with kids and you'd, because I see classrooms, they'll do free play, but then they're like halfway, th- like it'll be like 15 minutes in and they're like, okay, well, let's go use the bathroom now. Yep. It's, it's and then go it's back the, to play. Right. And because it's, it's like, 10, 15. We have to go take right, the bathroom all do break. at the same time. But nobody has to go to the bathroom. Right. And so it felt like had we taken that break, it would have been similar to what we do with children. We're like, they're just figuring out the rules. Yeah. They're just getting the rules yeah. established. And you're like, okay, yeah. well, time to clean up. We need to go to this next thing. And you're like, no. Yeah. So, And I think that's why we got the responses we did. Because I think, with again, without bragging too much or tooting our horn, Aruga. But we, I do feel like we each had people coming up to us saying, wow, your session was really helpful. It was, I really enjoyed that. And it's, I think because everyone got to participate in a level that made sense or that where they wanted to be, or at least the majority of people did rather than only taking that one-on-one question with a group of what got to be probably around a hundred people. Right. Where that's not going to work. So I feel like we really were honoring mm -hmm. the energy of the room and also honoring what we talk about Mm -hmm. here where it wasn't just, Okay, sit and listen. Like we want yeah, you we to have be a our part plan. You're just going to have to deal with it. Right. Right. So I have a question, and and I don't know how. And I should have asked it when we were debriefing before. But I'm I'm wondering how your individual groups worked, mm-hmm. because ideally you you want to give as many people a chance to talk as yeah. possible. Right. But even within our smaller groups, there may have been some dominant personalities mm-hmm. who were. And did 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 you find that or not? I had that. Yeah, I yeah. definitely had that. I, 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 yeah, I felt more like I had talkers and not talkers. And yeah. I was trying to just let the not, but the not talkers were participating. So I was trying not to put everybody on the spot at the same, mm-hmm. like balancing, are they not talking because yeah. they are just listening right now or are they feeling like they can't talk? Yeah. And there was a number of talkers for me. So it didn't feel like just one person dominating. Right, right. right. But one of the things I kept trying to work on was there was a woman who, because everyone was standing. But we kind of, our corner kind of had a table in the middle, yeah. so we sort of were standding around mm-hmm. this table. And there was an older woman who was sitting down, but she clearly wanted to talk too, but people weren't noticing her body language. So I, right. I mean, the nice thing was people kind of would look at me to sort of choose who, you know, and so I would mm-hmm. point to her once in a while, like, you know, let's not forget her. Right. But right. it was definitely like a few people would start a conversation, like where two people really were. It was great. They were building off of each other, but I could tell, like, she's, like, trying to get a word in, but doesn't know how, and um, so I, you know, I had to, but I feel like people seemed into it. Like, everybody right. was engaged, yeah. looking, you know, listening. Even to if they weren't talking. Even if they weren't talking. I mean, I'll agree yeah. with you, Joy, that yeah. there were people who just, they still stayed back instead of participating, but they were participating in a way that often some children do where you're, right. you're just observing or taking it all in yep. and right. you know because well, the nature of the 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 conference format that we were at is you know if if you're truly not benefiting from the session you're in you can just leave no one has to be there yeah. um you know, it's not you know you don't pre-sign up and are stuck with your choices you can mm-hmm. literally just go find something different to, yeah. to go and there's to. so a few i think people who did. anybody yeah. who was there clearly was still interested even if they weren't being right. vocally active interestingly enough in my group maybe because of our position being meeting in the front of the room by the mm-hmm, projector right. we kind of had like a almost like a, a long oval, oval, oh, that's right. oval yeah, spot yeah. so when we first met i kind of had two or three layers that were kind of outside the smaller circle right and that's where i found i had more of a few dominant talkers and looking and trying to 
point to the people who were a row or two back who I could tell wanted to jump in. I said, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Like, let's everybody slide in here so we yeah. can truly see everyone. Right. And I found when that happened, there was a lot more of a group discussion mm-hmm. and people were really kind of able to, I think, feel included or just didn't feel like they were trying to shout over right. from the back row, like, hey, I wanted to say this thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it felt like, just even again, bringing that back to the classroom, how some if you have the opportunity or how I've, you know, looked at how I do large group, that having that we're sitting in rows where I'm in front and they're, you know, I'm everyone's looking at me has never felt like the right model for me because I want everybody to see each other. So if we can, can we make that bigger kind right, of open right. circle, oval, square, whatever, mm-hmm. but everyone can see each other. Yeah. And I feel like that is where there is a stronger sense of community. It's a stronger sense of really l- truly listening to one another. And I tried to do that within the college classes that I would teach all the desks in a row, but can we push them in a way because then you're right. not talking to the back of someone's head. Right. Yeah. When it feels like you're in the rows and everyone's just staring one direction, it's easy to check out. But when mm-hmm. everyone can see each other, there's this, whether it's this feeling of like, I got I don't want to be the jerk. But I think ultimately boils down to like, wait a minute, I, I actually do want to hear what you have to say. So I feel like it right. really opens up true dialogue and conversation rather than just a lecture. Yeah. It's a lot harder to not be engaged in a conversation when you're looking at the person. Right. right. And you can see their nonverbal cues and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the, another thing that I thought was interesting was how, um, you know, you I, w- I think it was you and Mike who decided not to pass out the cards, which mm-hmm. was great. I'm, now mm-hmm. I have a bunch of blank cards, but different colored cards. But <laughs> to, so they could self-choose. Right. Which group they were yeah, yeah. I thought that was such a right. great idea. But we Did, didn't, I mean, Joey was the brilliant <clears throat> one who's like, but we didn't tell them what the group was going to be. Right. It was just... Yeah, so it's still random. We need four groups about the same size, mm-hmm. and then they did it. And I thought it was a lot like your story about the plank with the footprints, mm-hmm. telling which way the kids were supposed to go on it, and you took those off. Mm-hmm. And we did the same thing with the cards. Rather than telling these grown-ups where to go, Right. it's like, hey, could you make four groups sure and teachers always do that they want to have control over the group because you want to make sure they mix and you know you have yeah. a, a bunch of different considerations but i thought it was brilliant to, to trust them yeah. to go to the different corners of the right. room right which i think that would be a quick context for those cards was that we could randomize the group so right. that a whole staff wouldn't be sitting next to each other which right. has its own benefit as well but there is something too to being with yeah. the group that you're there with, because no, I think our groups were probably around twenty people apiece. Yeah, like no, no one staff was right. going to overtake right. one group. Right. right. Like well, it, could, the analogies to to teaching are they are so strong because it's like well you have to come with a plan. Right. We, yeah, did, yeah. We came with a plan. Right. Yeah. And then read the room. Yeah. Yep. So much. Right. Right. Like yeah. Teaching. If we had no plan at all, it could have easily gone into just having a conversation with the people who are willing to stand up and talk. Right, or been like, oh, we need groups. Yeah, yeah. Would you? We could tell who was the most popular, right? Right, right, for sure. Right, Ross? No, I get it. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) No, I know. But, Joey, you said, and I think we've been speaking a lot as teachers, but I wonder, you know, that this flexibility, reading the room, yeah, absolutely, as a teacher, but I mean, throw this question out there. Is that what parents do? As a parent, do you have to, I mean, it seems have like a plan. have a plan, but also be able to audible or change in the moment. I mean, and not being a parent myself, I don't, I don't feel like I can speak with that lens of, yeah, yeah I would do, I would imagine, 
but it's also different because it's not the closest. Well, and what I think happens with a parent, and you can disagree, but I know for me as a parent, one of the things that happens is you have your own agenda. Right. And it's a little different having an agenda as a parent, like I have to cook dinner. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I have to stop at this store before we even get home and then cook dinner. Right. So I do have an agenda, whereas a teacher, your agenda is to be with the kids, right. ultimately. So it's a, so there's a little more of that. But when I'm successful at parenting, I also have that in mind of like, these are the things I have to do, mm-hmm. but then I have to see how the flow is going. Right. Not also. only that, though, but you, you have to make sure you've already set some time aside, where whether you call it quality time or whatever, yeah. then, <clears throat> then the, if you're always pushing your... Your agenda mm-hmm. without yep. having right connecting with the child, you're going to run in trouble. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think you know, I imagine because you have a developmental background, because all of us have that, we could read a situation differently. You know, whereas right. those who who haven't, you know, a parent who hasn't taken any of these de- right. developmental courses, just like why aren't you doing what I need to? And this right. is maybe my, you know, the start of my manifesto of why I think. Every college course, every degree, or every high school program should have at least an introductory course to child development. Well, I think every high school should, and the kids will hate it. And but then they they leave knowing it because right. I had I did a half uh, whatever ten week course in high school on right. child development, and I thought it was the dumbest thing in the right. world. And look what I do for a living. You right. know, like I think when I started learning in college, I was like, well, yeah, of course. So I just wondered, like, if we if. That's where I, maybe I see the parallels between kind of high-quality teaching and, I guess, high-quality parenting, for lack of a better kind of phrasing of both of those. But, like, if you could really understand, I okay, I know I've got this kinesthetic learner as a child. We're going to have to go. I mean, I was, my one tantrum as a very young child was because I, you know, didn't get the toy I wanted. Mm-hmm. How the, How could that have gone differently? Had my mom, yeah. you know, been in it like, and, it, and that's, I mean, I got suitcased out of there and, you know, hauled out of the. Which, sometimes it's unavoidable. And there is. Yeah, and sometimes I think that's the other part. That's that, why kids are, you know, you can carry a kid. But yeah, which is nice when they're under that when they're the young age. But I think if you had that understanding of development just a little bit more, yeah, you go, okay, it's not you, it's not. This is just development. I'm not mad at you. And that's where I think I take that as a teacher. I go, I know this is a big reaction, but it's not me. It's not anything. It's, this is just what it is. Well, to bring it back to Welcome to, to our session, you have to, in, in any field you're in, you you have to be able to read, I mean, to go back to the importance of teaching with the body and mind, you have to be able to read cues and yeah, to yeah. know some of this is feedback. So if we were just, had we been standing up there and lecturing for three hours, we probably would have had a very sleepy looking fidgety looking right. crowd and you yep. have to be able to 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 read that something you do have to power through sure. in life but but you there's also a skill to going oh well i can my end goal is this so i can i can change this based on the needs of the the group in front of me and right. i think mm-hmm. that that's yeah. i mean in, in anything yeah. you're doing teaching or anything you have to preparing you you know that flexibility comes from Kind of knowing what what's what's the important part of what you're doing, yeah, where you can be flexible. Um, before we wrap up, I was going to maybe put a challenge or a question out to our new listeners that uh, have started following us from the conference, as well as those veteran listeners who've been there, who've kind of from day one, but really asking about you know kind of 
other challenges were there seeing these things or maybe specific feedback from those who came to the presentation things that they you know would offer us uh via facebook or via email to say you know here's what i thought really worked well or things that you know yeah hopefully they left with questions right not just because we weren't given a lot of answers no (laughs) no and you know if there were just answers then people would eventually know how to you know like okay i don't have to learn anymore but Mm -hmm. teaching is a lifelong you know learning and you know there's all the cliches there but it's true there's truth in them yeah. yeah The, the teacher I worry about the most is the one who thinks they've got it all figured out. <laughs> and now they just have to get the right kids. Right. Because they know what to do. Right. It's just these right. kids that aren't do, following the script. <laughs> yep. So on that note, I think um, we'll say goodbye until next week. So thanks for listening and thanks for the discussion. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn. Aruga, 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 Aruga. Um, The beep beep, man. (laughs)